Hello, welcome to episode 8. We are the Manic Street Speakers. We're getting festive, but don't worry, this is a Michael Bublé free zone. Despite <laughs> despite restrictions easing over Christmas, we are not forming a Christmas Bublé. Oh, nice. Come on. Uh, let me introduce you to a woman who's so diminutive, you could fit a year's supply of her into Santa's sack. The only problem, the only problem being, lots of versions of her would end up in the homes of children. And 2020 was the year she said goodbye to the annoying little urchins. It's Emma. Hey! It's interesting you mentioned my height because wait for your intro. I <laughs> say episode episode eight, and we're already just resorting to hey, you're tall, you're small. Yeah, exactly. So, the host of this podcast is officially taller than my Christmas tree, but probably looks just as fetching when decorated with tinsel. Last week he ate cheese on a bridge, this week he's getting in tumble dryer, I can hardly keep up with his festive shenanigans. Famously, (laughs) I had to throw that in there, I'm sorry. Famously, another Michael, who we have just mentioned, is said to lie in wait all year waiting for Christmas when he appears to croon cheesy tunes. But frankly, I think this one will probably croon all year round as long as you give him a decent cup of tea. It's Mikey! A lot of what you just said went past me because you, all I got was last week he ate cheese on a bridge. Yes. Did you or did you not eat cheese on a bridge? Yeah, we did. We ate cheese slices as a family. We went down five minute walk away with the dog and we ate cheese on a bridge. I think that's delightful. Um, and, you know, I know that was the day that you were meant to go and see the Mannix, but come on, cheese on a bridge? <laughs> well, what it was, we, we were putting the 10 uh, year old to bed the other night, uh, like, one night last week, and randomly Mel just said, where should we go at the weekends? Because we, there's not much to do. You can't really go anywhere. So we were talking about where should we take the dog for a walk? And then she said, we could go and eat cheese slices on the Roman bridge. And I was just... I love the way Mel's mind works. Well, I was just like, what are you on about? Why would we do that? And pursued by 20 minutes of comical laughing and ridiculousness. And eventually she explains that when she was younger, she went there with her mum just for like a picnic or something. So it reminds her of being younger. But I said, did you just eat cheese slices? Was that your picnic? She said, no, we had sandwiches, the cheese slices and the sandwiches. So I said, well, that makes more sense. But despite this, we declared December the 5th. Now it's official. Put it in your calendars, people. Cheese, National Cheese Slice Day. We literally walked over to the Roman Bridge in the cold, in the rain. Bought, just cheese. bought some tasteless cheese slices, ate some cheese slices, took some photos, and then cried that I wasn't seeing Manic Street Preachers that evening. Oh. My best friend and business partner, Leslie, she hates cheese. She absolutely cannot stand cheese. And yet, when she was little, used to love those cheese slices. Well, that's it. You'll be fine with cheese slices because they don't taste the cheese. They don't taste of anything. This episode, we are going to take a look at the Mannix Christmas tracks. All... Both of them. (laughs) First up is Last Christmas. Once bitten, but twice shy. I keep my distance, but you still catch my eye. Tell me, baby, do you recognize me? It's been a year, it doesn't surprise me. Happy Christmas, I wrapped it up and sent it with a note saying, I loved you, I meant it Now I know what a fool I've been But if you kiss me now I know you'd fool me again Last Christmas I give you my heart The very next day you give it away This year to save me from tears I give it to someone special Last Christmas I give you my heart Well, um, th- there is a misheard lyric in this song. We talk about Manic's misheard lyrics sometimes, and from the original Wham! version of Last Christmas, I spent 
probably from the age of about six or seven right up no, it was probably about seven or eight. Right up until my early 20s, thinking that George Michael in the second verse says, crowded room, friends in tie-dye. <laughs> and I really, I was just like, well, it was the 80s, you know. It's, it's maybe tie-dye was a real party look. And yeah, I think I was probably early to mid-20s when I realised that it was tired eyes and I felt very stupid. Previously discussed 10-year-old, um, he every Christmas he sings a version. I'm not going to get it right that he's got off YouTube somewhere along the lines of last Christmas, I bought it on eBay. This year, to send me from tears, I'll buy it off Amazon or something like that. And I'm the thing that annoys me about it most is it doesn't scan. No, it, it scans even worse than the version I've just done now. Yeah, wow. And I mean, so every time I... that song comes on, he sings that version. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, I blooming love Last Christmas. The the song, never the film. I have not watched the film. I think the film looks good. I watched the film last year. I, 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 it's cheesy, but I liked it. We've talked about cheese an but, awful but, lot but, so but far. Not, but, not, but not cheese slices. Okay. A cheese slice, um, a cheese slice kind of Christmas film would be The Holiday, which is awful. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. Basically, I watched um love actually one year and it destroyed my faith in humanity so so you're not a fan oh good god no i'd rather boil my head in acid than be forced to watch love actually <laughs> so yes and the manix version of last christmas is is you know i like it it's obviously very sparse because it's just jimmy db with a acoustic guitar um but I do like it. And I think it's because it's quite out of character. This was performed live on TFO Friday. He's, he's in it. He's wearing some kind of baggy roll neck jumper. Check out the footage of, of them on TFI Friday. In the footage you can see uh, in the background, if you look very closely, Nikki just grinning at the bar behind somewhere in the distance. And then... having <laughs> to do anything. Yeah. And he doesn't have to learn any bass parts and he's fine. Yeah. And then Richard and Judy in the audience. Lovely. I mean, is that? It's difficult for me. I don't know who I hate more, Love Actually or Richard Madeley. So that's a that's a question for me to ponder this evening. Thank you. That's fine. It's Manix. It's Manix podcast. You can be cynical. But yeah, this I think his voice is incredible. Um, it's very powerful, and yet he's holding back. Yeah. He's not yeah. like bellowing it but it, it, no. it's, it's still like it's quite it's got a sentimental touch to it hasn't it definitely i and i like you're right actually because the way he sings it is quite well held back is the right the right phrase for it because he doesn't you know we know we all know that james can be when he wants to and he can really belt out and he he doesn't really do that so much with this it's it's very contained and I like it. It's very stripped back. Yeah, and he didn't forget the words, which he usually does with covers. No, that's my job with this song. <laughs> yeah, so something about eBay and Amazon. Just remember that. You're fine. Mm-hmm. I will. <laughs> yeah, but like like you say, I know you, the original is a classic as well. Of course it is. But as a snobbish, like, I don't know, 16-year-old whatever I was, when I first saw this, because I remember seeing it go out, mm. it was one of the first times I looked beyond the pop sheen of a song and just thought... That's a good song is a mm. good song. Good songwriting means you're going to get a good song. Yes. So, and I think if you strip a song like that down to its basics, you, you realise how strong it is, really. Also, I have a soft spot for Wham in general. I've got a soft spot for Wham because I like Wham bars. Ooh, yes. Is that a thing? Have I just made that up? I think there is a Wham bar, isn't there? We do need to Google this because I think there's a... I mean, I like most chocolate bars. And basically, you've said something that might be a chocolate bar and now I want a chocolate bar. Sing a festive song while I Google. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. I hate that song. I'm so sorry. That's it. That's enough. Wham bars. Yeah, it is a thing. Kind of like a chewy kind of... What flavour is a wham bar? Here you go. This is, this is what you come to a Manix podcast for. <laughs> mm, chew bars. So I guess it's like a curly whirly without the whirly curliness. Or were they those... And now I'm thinking, was it 
Was there chocolate on it? Because I think, were they those long, thin, like, they were like a chew it, but ironed? It is a chewy, it's an amazingly chewy bar. It's full of tangy and fizzy flavours. Yes, they were. They were like long, long strips of just basically sugar. Speaking of, like, nostalgia and retroness, the next song. Yes. Ghost of Christmas. my review (laughs) i love cheesy christmas songs i just love them and for me i remember the first time i heard the ghost of christmas and it was just like what if the manics somehow bred with slade and i love it it's so refreshing to hear this band who can be very political very angry very deep and meaningful with their lyrical content just put out something with freaking bells and that talk about oh my god i've got a tomahawk (laughs) you know and i just it's just i every year that is the first christmas song i purposefully listen to so not i don't count like when you go into a shop if they're playing something the first christmas song every year that i will actually seek out and press play on every single year it goes to christmas i love it yeah, it's, it's pure cheese. It is absolute it's, cheese. It's probably the oh, cheese again. <laughs> this this episode is sponsored by. Do it while sitting on a bridge. This, this episode is sponsored by Dairy Lee slices. Yeah, with all the horns and the simple metallic riff going throughout, and it chugs. And it's like you say, it's quite slady. It's quite seventies, mm. and unsurprisingly, like Nicky's being an old man, isn't he? Saying it's not like the 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 old days sometimes i think i was born in the wrong era i'm very into a lot of retro stuff and i could literally lose an entire night just watching morecambe and wise i absolutely adore morecambe and wise so the fact that the manics reference morecambe and wise in a song for me that i just put the biggest smile on my face the first time i heard it i was just like yes it's even got the ding dong ding dong ding dong ding dong it's just so (laughs) corny i love it this was a download only, wasn't it, initially? It was, and I was quite surprised to find it on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, it's there. Honestly, the lyrics are hilarious. Yeah. Christmas Day, stuck in the 70s, play all day with your Sky Electrics. Sorry, Sky Electrics! I have a confession. Um, <laughs> I Now, she may be listening to this, um, so <laughs> hi, if you are. Um my years ago when they first released this uh i went to the did they release it around the time of the o2 christmas party gig was that around the same time no it's just send away the tigers time yes you're right anyway we went to a gig and we were discussing ghost of christmas because i think it was um a, a sort of december gig as they tend to like to tour in december um and kirsty who i was with we we came up with this thing and i'm sorry People will not be able to hear this on the same way anymore. I'm going to ruin it for you. We we decided that, oh my God, I've got a tomahawk is slang for an accidental erection. 
it was just I think I can't remember if it was on the way to the gig and we were just very excited or it was on the way home and we were just giddy and overtired but it was like oh my god maybe what if it's, it's slang and what he's actually saying it's like oh you know when we're going to do a gig and I've got my sailor suit on <laughs> James looks at himself in the mirror ready to go on stage and then goes oh my god I've got a tomahawk do you know what line do you know what line follows that how how sweet life can be <laughs> yes um so I'm sorry but every time I I love that song I adore that song but every time I hear that line I do have a little chuckle to myself like James but, you know, I don't want to know. Keep it quiet. Oh, sailor. Sailor. You've soured this song now because I, have. I like to ruin the manix. That's my point of this on this podcast. No Xbox and no computers. We just used our imagination. What's he thinking of? Well, a leather football because it's perfection. <laughs> what more could you want? Exactly. I mean, and I it, just to get us back on track. <laughs> I even love the fact that they say sleep through the Queen's speech because it means nothing to me. I mean, yes! Yes! Right, last verse. Well, actually, it's not the last verse because there's lots of cheese. <laughs> hop, hop. Oh, God's sake, cheese. <laughs> I just really fancy some cheese. Yeah. Hop. It is Christmas. Hey, that's cheese it. and crackers. Yeah. That's, that's what this episode is going to be called. Cheese and crackers because they're cracking tunes and it's cheesy. Yes. <laughs> Locked oh. in. Uh, Hot Wheels on the dinner table. This is uh, this line. This is so unmanxy. <laughs> Too much sherry with mum unstable. She's acting like evil Knievel. <laughs> and still rhymes unstable with Knievel. Oh yes, I am blessed. Hashtag. <laughs> so good. I've got a tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, we didn't need to know, but you know, you do you. <laughs> uh, oh God. Anyway, last thing I'll say on this is like, am I alone in thinking this? The tune always reminds me of uh, Ooh La La by The Faces. Do you know, like, the song that goes, I wish I, I knew what I know now when I was younger? Well, He's probably just directly nicked it. Probably. <laughs> Why not? It's an homage, which sounds like fromage. Fromage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'd just like to stay on theme. <laughs> And of course, it's not an official release, but we need to give a big shout out to the cover that James did with Katie Tunstall of Fairy Tale yeah. of New York. This version is a strange one. It was again for Chris Evans. Yeah. This time for his Radio 2 breakfast show. I don't know whether there's something about Chris that makes James feel festive. <laughs> whether it's his hair that reminds him of carrots, which in turn reminds him of Christmas dinners. Who knows? This is going to sound really bitchy. <laughs> It was a radio performance, so I suppose it doesn't matter unless you actually go and look for the footage. Katie Tunstall could have learnt the words, couldn't she? I mean, she's literally... There's not really a performance. She's literally just reading the words off a piece of paper. James is actually clearly, like, reading the lyrics and you can see that he's worried about getting them wrong. (laughs) So, you know, it's a great song and I think them together would have been amazing if they had more time to rehearse that's what i was thinking i I listened to it earlier this morning actually and i was like it's it's good it's very sparse and i think you know the actual uh pogues version is so um jolly and it's got so much to it music wise that it does feel very very stripped back to just have an acoustic guitar and katie tunstall with a tambourine um but it does all there's also a sense of hurriedness to it yes yeah like at the end chris evans goes oh did you enjoy that and james kind of goes "Mm." (laughs) yeah definitely it's a little bit like oh shit we've we've got to do this performance quick let's cram it's like me before generally most of my gcse exams we'll play a quick clip of it here's fairy tale of newport sorry new york nice Could have been someone. Well, so could anyone. You took my dreams from me when I first found you. I kept them with me, babe. I put them with my own. I can't make it out alone. I built my dreams around you. 
And the boys of the NYPD choir Still singing Go Away B And the bells are ringing out For Christmas Day But I did set you homework. You did set me homework and it was very hard. Yes, I've got my list right here. Top five Christmas songs in at number five. Well, before I get to number five, because we have discussed number five already... Um, I'm going to give an honorary mention to one. Okay, well, because my number five is Last Christmas by Wham, and we have discussed that song. Um, I would like to give an honorary mention to Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson, which I freaking think is a banger. I've only known about this song recently. It's all right, isn't it? It's such a tune. I love that song. I was listening to it earlier as I was driving along, and it started to hail, and I still didn't care. I just carried on singing away. Mel watched it, watched it the other that it came on the telly the other day, and she said nobody's going to fit under a Christmas tree. <laughs> I can fit under mine if I crouch, <laughs> but then I am quite small. Number four. Christmas Wrapping by The Waitresses. Oh, I said mine. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Mine are very stereotypical. I've not put anything that nobody's heard of in this list. Um, My Christmas Wrapping, there is a nostalgic reason. To be fair, most of these songs, there is a nostalgic reason. Um, When I was probably 13, maybe 14, so my sister would have been about 10 or 11, we um were both obsessed with the song christmas rapping by the waitresses and we sat and we listened to it this is how old i am on an old tape deck pausing it after every line and writing the lyrics out or what we thought <laughs> were the lyrics you didn't have genius.com then oh my god honest the 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 <laughs> the way we wrote it out and i still get the giggles when i hear it because there's a line that says um Last minute had to do a few cards, a few calls because it's RSVP, blah, blah, blah. And we thought it was last minute had to do a few cards, a few calls to my cousins. And we would we would just sing it like really passionately because we thought they were the words. Last minute had to do a few cards, a few calls to my cousins, RSVP. And yeah, so Christmas wrapping makes me think of my sister and I just think it's a freaking tune. It is. It's, it, it's very li- lyrical and fun, isn't it? I, I, I'm surprised you said it because to me, this is like one of those songs that gets overlooked. It's funny you say that because I used to think it was really overlooked and then suddenly in the last few years, I seem to be hearing it loads. I just think it's a cool skank of a song. It is. And I love... I love... It's just, that's so catchy.
Number three is Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. Oh, Emma. Look, I have my reasons. When I, again, like I said, the part of my reason, and I don't know if this is normal. <laughs> this is why everyone loves Christmas songs. I don't know. Part of my reason for being so almost religious about how much I love Christmas songs is because Christmas has always been a huge thing for me. I've just always loved it. And growing up, these were the songs that were playing when I was little and I was excited about Christmas. So Band-Aid in particular, this particular song, when I was about two, I or maybe three, I got given a pair of rubber ducks to play with in the bath. Where is this going? (laughs) I named them. There's a boy and a girl. I named the boy duck Fred after Freddie Mercury. And I named the girl duck because this is obviously a female name. Band-Aid. You didn't name them Bob and Midge? No, I named them Fred and Band-Aid. And Band-Aid was named Band-Aid because I loved this song and because of, you know, Live Aid. So, um, yeah. (laughs) I just... Look, it's... It's not the best song in the world. And I and only last night, I'm sorry, I don't know what it was. Only last night, I was listening to this song and I was thinking, God, some of the lyrics to this are so fucking white privilege and bleh. But I really have a lot of nostalgic memories with this song. So I, it had to be in there. Number two. Uh, number two is Fairytale of New York. This is one of those songs that it's funny, as a child, this is the, probably the only one on the entire list that doesn't really have a connection to me being an excited child about Christmas. Um, this one is only the last probably 10, 15 years that I have gone, what a freaking banger that song is. Um, and also, it's the, the song on the list that is the most fun to sing along to in the style of the singer. I cannot hear this song without going... Gotta be honest, Kirsty saves the song. I mean, she does. She does. Um, But also, this had to be high up on my list, not only because it's a freaking tune, but did you see their comeback to Lawrence Fox recently? (laughs) Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, all credit to the Pogues. Okay, number one. Okay, number one, I hated you for setting this <laughs> because it was really hard because I love almost all Christmas songs. So please don't hate me, but I have got a joint number one because these two are the cheesiest, <sighs> cheesiest, but the most classic Christmas songs of all time. And I could not choose between the two. So it is joint number one between I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day by Wizard and Merry Christmas Everybody by Slade. And I don't care. You can you can all tweet me. You can all just, just be like, the shit! Uh, I don't care. I like the wizard song, but I do have a problem with it. Tell me, because then I'm going to tell you why I love it. When the snowman brings the snow. Yeah, that is a very stupid line. Is he carrying snow? Has he just been shopping to get some snow? Did he, did he go to Iceland? Maybe he's giving you part of himself for Christmas. Hey, you overlooked my joke. Oh, I'm sorry, Iceland. <laughs> That's why mum's gone. But how can you get angry with a song that has a choir of brummy children in it? Yeah, yeah, the choir when bit's the good when they When the snowman brings the snow, where you just might like to know. It's fabulous. <laughs> There's something, I mean, I am, I, before anyone does complain, I am half Brummy myself. My mum is from Birmingham and my mum has this love-hate relationship with her own accent and she doesn't really have any trace of a Birmingham accent anymore. Occasionally she'll say a word and I'll be like, ooh, that was a bit Brummy. And I just, I hear that choir of little, he's put a great big smile on all your body's thighs. It's bloody lovely. Your version, the demo, they didn't make release. <laughs> yes. I mean, literally, I can't hear that song without, without, I just have to sing along, but I have to say, when the snow man brings us now. Take it. Oh, I wish it could be 
Now you need to justify Slade. I mean, do I? Does it not justify itself <laughs> with its own sheer magnificence? Uh, you know, at some point this in the next decade, it will be 50 years old. And it is still on every Christmas episode of EastEnders. On every Christmas episode of Coronation Street. Playing in the background because it is the most iconic Christmas song. I hear those two songs and it is officially Christmas. And I would just like to put a caveat to my whole top five. I didn't count Ghosts of Christmas because I would have just put it at number one because I am so biased. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we'll we'll agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I knew we would. Two or three of these are obscure, I will grant you. Uh, The first one's Helen Love, and it's called Glitter Star. Love the title. In the tradition of Ghost of Christmas and Slade, it it is like a stompy, glam song. Mm. But for some reason, it stops abruptly and then quotes a bit of Lift Forever by Oasis. Then goes back to being really weird and stompy. And then there's a little breakdown of a, a choir boy or something in the middle it's nuts it's about three minutes long it just blitzes by and the first time you hear it you just go what was that about (laughs) but it's it's so catchy Number four, you'll like this one. Okay. Keeping with a Welsh vibe. Back to the Welsh vibe. Shaken Stevens. <gasps> Merry Christmas, everyone. Do you know my favourite part of that song? It's the uh, backing vocal where they go, having fun. It's jaunty and fun and it's a banger. It is an absolute tune. Everybody's having fun. Merry Christmas. Up your bum. <laughs> <laughs> The superior version, I'm sure we can all agree. (laughs) Number three, The Kinks, Father Christmas. Oh, yes. It's a punk rock, fuck you Santa. Father Christmas, give us money. We'll beat you up if you make us annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Just for that alone. Number two, the waitresses. We've discussed the waitresses. Number one, Kate Nash. I am biased because I'm a Kate Nash mega fan. It's called Faith. 
and it's a subtle song. It doesn't immediately come across as Christmas. There's little hints of it and the lyrics and then the background, but it's not like a brash over the top song. But her voice is magical and lyrically it connects with me. It's kind of about taking stock after a bad year, I think. That's how I view it. Um, but my favourite line, and if I ever got a tattoo, I'd, I'd like this lyric on it. It's a lesson in one's health, having faith in oneself. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's just a really beautiful and comforting song and gives that warm glow, I think. So I'm still lost, I'm not quite found. Am I doomed for a life dominated by doubt? I'm trying to find the good in this. So I'm writing a word, I'm grateful for this. What is the worst Christmas song and why is it Paul McCartney simply having a wonderful Christmas time? Well, I did say we're a Michael Bublé free zone, so Michael Bublé is just anything. I, for me, it is Paul McCartney, I'm sorry. Paul McCartney is such a talented songwriter and then he released that. And I'm like, really? The frog chorus was better than that, mate. There's a line in that that kind of annoys me. The choir of children sing the song. It says they practice all year long. Yeah. No, they don't. No. I mean, I am in a choir, not of children, of adults. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a grown-up. And we start practicing our Christmas repertoire in September. So we do not practice all year long. To be fair, you'd have to be really crap if you were having to start in January. Right, come on, let's do O Come All You Faithful. And to be fair, all they do is ding dong, ding dong. (laughs) It didn't take a fucking year of practice, did it? No. (laughs) Were you there? What follows Christmas, apart from Boxing Day, that is, and December 27th and 28th and 29th and 30th? It's New Year's Eve, so naturally, for our next episode, we will be covering the Manic Millennium. If you were there, we would love to hear your memories and experiences of the biggest gig in the band's history. Tweet us at MSP underscore pod or send a written or audio message to MSPpod1 at gmail.com. May old concerts not be forgot. Were you there? Now time to quickly go through the news. First up to Mark Robin Turner's new book on Heavenly Records. The Manics have teamed up with Gweno to record a new version of Spectators of Suicide. It's a really interesting listen. Uh, at first it seems pretty faithful to the original but soon there's different guitar parts happening and Gweno really lifts the song further. It's never been one of my favourites as I've always found it a bit sluggish but this is well worth a listen. Here's a clip.
collaboration news james brings his guitar work to the new anchorest song show your face he'll also appear on another song called the exchange the album the art of losing will be out in march Cardiff NHS gigs have been rescheduled. They will now take place on the 16th and 17th of July. They will also be headlining the rescheduled Party at the Palace Festival Scotland on the 7th of August. Just the other night, James played as part of an online carol service for Nordoff Robbins, a music therapy charity. We played the 1996 version earlier, but here is a 2020 Last Christmas. Time for the B-side, the sound of detachment. It was a B-side to Walk Me to the Bridge and released on 28th of April 2014. Something 
I didn't actually know this song at all. Um, so I listened to this for the first time. I, I, yeah, I'd never heard it um, because I'm a terrible person and a bad Manics fan. Please wait for my technical term. I really like the swoopy noise <laughs> in the intro. Um, I very much like the frantic guitar in the background of the verses as well. Uh, the chorus has a, that soaring sound that I love the Manics for and it sounds uplifting in spite of lyrics such as I am so full of sorrow. I love the line I feel as old as the Welsh hills and the imagery of the chorus which is oddly beautiful compared to the imagery thrown up by the first verse for example gouging out your eyeballs. <laughs> I love the way the song just stops this is where I got a bit deep it just stops on the line something set me free as it somehow both conveys freedom i.e the person speaking must be free now because the song has stopped and they've moved on to something else and yet also a sensation of being trapped i.e the soaring music has suddenly ended in a stifling manner i really like this one that's good because i i don't think a lot of people know about this I've, it's actually quite a fast song Perhaps because of the production around it, it doesn't feel like it. This was a standard, like, heavier guitar and drum and bass kind kind of song. It'd be yeah. more driving, and I think people, more people would maybe like it. It'd be rockier. Yeah, I just love that really frantic driving bass line. Yeah. It sounds like it's from Futurology's time because of it's a bit more yeah. experimental. Mm, yeah I like that because it was the verses feel really frantic that's like the word that kept coming into my head when I was listening to it and then it suddenly sort of soars in the chorus and it's it's almost like pent-up energy that then is released and I really like that I think that's really clever when it goes into chorus and it, you know I feel as old as the Welsh hills above and all that it, it, mm. I get this image of like being on top of a on top of a hill and just looking out on a clear day and just feeling a bit peaceful because like you say the song is quite dark the first line is i'm holding a pistol against my head yeah i gouge yeah. my eyeballs out again that's one of the reasons i've always loved the manics they can take these you know quite dark almost scary sometimes lyrical content and put it to a melody that's really pretty and it's like you're just singing something lovely about abortion or something you know it's it's <laughs> That's just what the Manics do. Yeah, and I think it's one of the best bass lines they've had in the song. Mm, yeah. It feels so different from what they do. Okay, I put this out to Twitter. Now, I, I accidentally did the first poll and only made it last a day. Oh. So I redid it again. So I've lost some of the comments from people. Five stars is zero. Okay. Four stars is 14%. <gasps> I would give it four. Really? Mm, I am a... Really? Would you, would you go the full five? No, I'll go three. So three stars is fifty-seven percent, and two stars is twenty-nine percent. See, the thing—the thing is with like the rating. When we're rating songs, we're rating them as manic songs. Yeah. We can't. We can't rate them as the whole world of music. Something like the sound of detachment, which I really like. If I gave that a four, then that would be equal to almost like some of my all-time favourite Manic songs. I see where you're coming from. I think for me, because because I was listening to it fresh and I had never heard it before and I was just like, right, let's see what this is like. And I really, really enjoyed listening to it. I think that's what made me go as high as I yeah. did. Yeah, I guess you, you had that element of surprise and yeah. A, yeah. A freshness, I suppose. Okay, Mr Teen Wolf, uh, Michael J Fox has contacted us. Nice, isn't it? Mr. Teen Wolf has said, uh, I have a similar feeling towards this as I do with Empty Motorcade. I think the idiosyncratic verses are good and reflect the greater experimentation by which the Futurology era was categorised, yet the more streamlined chorus falls a little sh short of the mark for me. Also, the lyric, I feel as old as the Welsh hills that I love, doesn't quite sit right with me. It's a nice metaphor, yet the addition of that I love strikes me as a forced rhyme with Sky Above. I can I can see where that's coming from. Nikki is prone to an easy rhyme now and again. Well, when I was in my teens, um, <clears throat> I was briefly in a band and I was our lyricist. And when I wrote th when I wrote anything, we had a rule that I wasn't allowed to rhyme love with from above. <laughs> So, so that does sort of stick out to me. 
A lot of feeder songs are prone to like drown, down, around. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I did write lyrics with rhyming love with from above because that's probably where the rule came from. Time for our awards of the year, otherwise known as the Spods 2020. The first award, um, I'll hand over to you for this one. It's basically for villain of the year, dickhead of the year, whatever you want to call it. But its title is Pusshead of the Year. Oh, nice. Nice. I had a difficult time with this because there have been a lot of twats this year. (laughs) I I wanted, I'm going to just start with a few people I didn't give it to. I wanted to give it to Lawrence Fox because he's an absolute bellend who actually made me cry the other day. I know I've told you this, but I have not told the world this, but he uh, wrote a tweet where he said, if you can't survive coronavirus, you're not fit for purpose. And I thought, well, I've lost a family member to it. I'm also extremely clinically vulnerable and may not survive it if I got it. So you're basically saying that the person in my extended family who died of it wasn't worth anything and I'm not worth anything and loads of us who are vulnerable and loads of people who have lost loved ones none of them are worth anything so you're scum so I wanted to give it to him I I, I sense this is almost like an award show where they're showing the the nominees yeah exactly (laughs) and then the next nominee linked to that I wanted to make it a mass award for everybody who's just saying things like oh it's not it's just like a cold get over yourselves no lockdown hashtag anti-vaxxer Uh, But I decided, no, it needs to go to one person. It was a very close thing between Dominic Cummings, who, you know, dreadful, appalling human who just sat there on live television and gave us the most bollocks excuse. I have, I mean, literally, it makes the dog ate my homework sound like a work of literary wonder. I went to Barnard Castle to test my eyesight. Um, I shite, more like, mate. Um, so, <laughs> so it could only be one person. And as much as I wanted it to be someone from this country, because we've got a load of pricks in government, it had to be the massive orange piss baby. I won this election. I won it huge. I won so much. I was the biggest winner ever. So, yeah, Dominic. Not Dominic. <laughs> edit that so yeah it had it had to be donald fuckhead trump like you say there's so many contenders and he has just taken lies and mistruths and and nonsense to a whole new level but we should have known this would happen because in 2016 he held a rally and there were press there and one of the questions he was asked was will you accept the results of this election because people were polling for Hillary you know Hillary looked like she was probably gonna win it and he was asked will you accept the results of this election and his answer was yes I'll accept the results of this election if I win and I thought well yeah okay that's a portent of doom if ever I heard one Donald Trump's got hay fever I have got hay fever okay that is my excuse my past head of the year and I I've done exactly what you didn't do I've copped out I've done a collective technically headed by Boris Johnson but I've gone with the Conservative government whether it be their dire response to coronavirus or the corruption and cronyism or the lies and manipulation Matt Hancock's crocodile tears which were embarrassing Dominic Cummings getting lost on his way to Specsavers Gavin Williams handling the of the exams, pretty vacant Patel celebrating the end of free movement. The list goes on and on. They are the detritus from the same sewage tank and deserve nothing but our contempt. Oh, I'm I'm applauding you. The We Love Them Award for Excellence goes to and this is our go first. Okay. Scientists and experts. 
people that deal with facts and react accordingly. This includes those rare few journalists who speak truth to power. You know who they are. We know the ones who do not. Mm-hmm. I tell you who I'm a little bit in love with, although she is in big trouble at the moment, Beth Rigby. She is She is good at saying, oi, you're talking shit. The problem is, if you're a news a journalist and a news reader and you become the news, it's, it's then very difficult to question people yeah. about the news that you are not abiding by. Mm, yeah, no, I completely agree. It's just... Yeah, but no, that's an excellent choice. Okay, you're, we love them award? Well, again, I did what I did with the first one. I wanted to go with a group and then I thought, no, single one person out. So I've gone as much as I am firmly with you on the scientists speak. I've gone with Marcus Rashford because I have been quite amazed. I've watched so many footballers on Twitter act like oh you know massive assholes because they've got a lot of money and they feel very special I will only say very quickly Cristiano Ronaldo is a case in point but Marcus Rashford has done nothing but use his fame for good you know he has constantly plugged away and said look this is where you can get help if you are on a low income this is where you can be supported he has pointed out places you can go for food if you haven't got a lot of money he's pointed out places you can go for relief personally and I just feel like he has done a hell of a lot to make people aware of the situation that some people are in where they just they found this year really difficult because they don't have the cash flow to sort of make themselves comfortable whilst all the shops are shut or whilst they're unable to get out and I just think you know what he's come under a lot of stick for it but I say go Marcus that's the thing he gets ostracized because he's a millionaire he wouldn't be ostracized if he was a millionaire and not doing anything And yet he gets absolutely ripped by papers like the Daily Fail because he was seen to have bought a couple of houses for family members. Well, it's it's a right-wing media, isn't it? Just trying to demean someone who's doing good or demean someone who's trying to achieve something or trying to make society better because it doesn't align to their worldview. Yeah, completely. Okay, moment of the year. Your turn. Okay, um, I have three... (laughs) Because I, this is the time where I have decided to to, to hell with only one. Um, obviously, first and foremost, this is where I say the scientists who have come up with the COVID vaccine. Because, you know, I cannot get my head around the amount of work that must have been, the amount of hours in the lab, and also everybody who's put in and like been a part of the trials because you don't know what the hell's going to happen you know when you have something injected into you and you're a sort of a guinea pig for it so everybody involved in there being a covid vaccine i think well done vaccines normally take flipping years to come to fruition and the fact that we have one and it seems to be working bloody brilliant um worldwide biden winning the u.s election I may not be, like, Biden has done and said things that I've not always agreed with. However, literally anyone is better than Trump at this point. (laughs) So, and also, Kamala Harris, I think, seems to have her head screwed on. And I personally think Biden may only serve one term and then step down and let her run. That is my belief. Um, And finally, on a personal note, my moment of the year is the birth of my nephew because he's very lovely do you mind if i just quickly go and let the cat in she is scratching and meowing at the door is that a euphemism <laughs> well uh no <laughs> come on in then where have you gone now Clarence? come in oh my god that's a noise isn't it i know come on then jump up Now on the Manic Sheep Speakers podcast, we are joined by a cat. Can you ask her what her favourite Manic song is? Dragon, what is your favourite Manic song? Oh, she's thinking about it. I'm trying to think of cat puns now. I know, so am I. <laughs> Mew love us. There you go. Mew? It's not donkey. Me- meow love us. Donkey's bray. Yeah, go on, do an impression of donkey. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fuck it. I fucking knew you'd do it. <laughs> My moment of the year, and I have narrowed it down to one moment because we've flipped on this, uh, is when 90-year-old Margaret Keenan became the first person in the world to receive the vaccine. It offers us hope for the future so we can start living life normally again. Define normal, of course. Well, it's just as long as we can get up to, I think it's about a 70% uptake on the vaccine, mm. then they think that's that'll be good enough and we can just let yeah. the anti-vaxxers just infect each other. Yeah, Le- Leave them to it. Your hopes for 2021. So it's been a very strange year. So my main hope and not just for us but for you know flipping everyone is that normality in some form does return next year um my two other ones i have a political one which i'd really like the freaking tories to have their downfall i feel like how much more evil do they have to get before something happens and because i think my this is just my view if you're listening and you're thinking that won't happen then i apologize you know fine i could be wrong i genuinely think boris he wants his no deal he wants to force us into this no deal situation and i genuinely think he has not got the balls for the fallout for it so i reckon he will be gone by about march i personally think he is really excited to just fuck off (laughs) and whether that triggers just a leadership contest or whether it actually triggers a general election i don't know i want it to trigger a general election and i want them to get fucking trounced because i cannot believe anybody would still after seeing how badly they've handled this whole situation how they've been given billion multi-billion pound contracts for ppe to people who have no experience in ppe because they're their chums you know i just want them fucking gone (laughs) if if i sound angry it's because i am Defining their downfall is quite difficult because I know what you mean. Like, if Boris Johnson stays after a no-deal Brexit, a lot of his own party are going to be furious. A lot of voters are going to be furious. So I can't see Boris Johnson either way lasting very long in his post. But then they'll go for a leadership election, then they'll elect a new leader. And I think we'll get a few months of the leader settling in before they, it'll, be, it'll go to a general election. Um, my last one, apart from obviously, I say this whenever whenever anybody asks me, what do you want for next year? Health and happiness for all my loved ones. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, my personal hope for next year is um, Little Bird Creative, my uh, business I set up with my best friend. I would like our little bird to take off. Because obviously we set up a business in a very freaking weird year. It's been difficult. We do marketing and we specifically are here for the culture and, um, yeah, the culture sector, arts and culture sector. And there's not been events. We do a lot of, you know, event publicity and, um, you know, graphic design for posters and leaflets and things and I and live tweeting of events. We did um, Bobmin Fun Palaces, which we do every year, but there's not been the events there's not been you know the museums open for us to do things for them because we've done a lot of stuff for museums in the past and it's just like we've sat most of this year twiddling our thumbs going well (laughs) so yeah I mean I took a big leap in leaving the job I'd been in for eight and a half years and yeah it's a bit scary uh when you're in a particular situation where the job you do just there's not the work coming in because of the situation that the people who would normally be your clients are in so um yeah i would like as a normality to begins begins to return for us to um do what we do and and get a lot of work because we're good at it do you know what emma as it's christmas i will let you off your little plug thank you I didn't, hey, I didn't give the email address. I could have. (laughs) Okay, my hopes for 2021, apart from seeing friends and family who I haven't seen since before March, Mm. apart from that, the biggest aspect I've missed is gigs. Yeah. I just want to go to gigs again. That that is just a major part of my life, has been for over 20 years. The adrenaline and the feeling and the emotion of it, the loudness, just that's what I miss. In terms of the Manics, as this is a Manics podcast, 
um, and a Little Bird Creative podcast. <laughs> we know they're recording new material. Yeah. Whether it will surface next year, I don't know. Um, and it's also gone very, very quiet on Nikki's solo album. It has, hasn't it? And I'm, I was really excited for that because I want, I mean, obviously it's not good for his blood pressure. I'm sorry, Nikki, but I want him to be enraged because I'm enraged by everything I see going on. I want, I want him to get his teeth into the current climate and really write some shit. And we need some really drunk, ranty Nikki kicks. So that is it for episode 8 and 2020 in general. For the next episode, we are leaving the 20th century and our B-side will be Democracy Coma. You can preach to the speakers on Twitter at MSP underscore pod and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under the name Manic Street Speakers. Emma and I are off to form a band under the moniker Raging Tomahawk. Until next time. We love you one time, we love you two times, we love you three fucking festive times. Get mince pied, destroy. Hey.